episode of Like a Boss podcast, where we look at the behind the scenes of jobs. Each episode, I will chat with someone about their career, the journey they took, and a day in their life. I am your host, Valerie, and let's get to work. All right, so before we reveal the very first special guest, we're actually going to start with three hints about the career that I shared on Instagram. So mystery person, can you share your three hints about your job? My first hint was paper. My second hint is variety of subjects. And the third hint is lots of discussions. Wow. Okay, sounds fun. These are the clues, and you are a teacher! A teacher, fun, fun. So today our guest speaker is Alicia. Thank you so much for being on here. Thanks for having me. So Alicia is actually my oldest sister, and I'm really curious to see what you actually do in a day's work as a teacher. So let's get started and get to know her. All right, so as you know, my podcast is Like a Boss, and I feel like that title perfectly describes you as she is my older sister, so... (laughs) She is a boss in many ways. (laughs) In a short sentence, can you explain what your day as a teacher looks like? Yeah, so I teach sixth grade at a classical Christian school. I've done this for about three years. This is my third year, and I just really love it. Amazing. I'm glad you love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's important. We're going to dive into long ago, in the very beginning, hopefully you remember that, I guess the beginning of your journey to becoming a teacher. Did you think that teaching was always your dream job? Is that something you've always wanted to do and saw yourself as? Yes, I'm one of those strange people who always always knew what I wanted to do. I knew my calling was to be a teacher. <laughs> and some reasons why I knew it was, even in elementary I kept trying to take the teacher's job and help her out, Uh, so I had to be put in my place multiple times, but I just saw her job or his job and really admired it and found myself always trying to be a little mini teacher, even at home with you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) try to teach you different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad was also a teacher ever since I was born, and so I just felt like I got to see the behind the scenes even from a young age, which really attracted me to it too. That is cool that you knew you wanted to do this at a young age. Mm -hmm. That's something that I totally did not have, (laughs) but it's cool to see you reach that goal. Since you've wanted to do this career as a teacher, have you always wanted to be a sixth grade teacher or you just didn't know like any? Yeah, that's a good question. I think what they tell you when you're going to teach is you can't really pick everything you want. Also, you may not even know what you want. Mm. And so I didn't think sixth grade in particular, but I thought the age range, like little 11, 12-year-olds, I really liked interacting with. And so I've only ever taught sixth grade, and I really enjoy it. But I hear often, too, teachers end up being moved around to different grades, and they realize, oh, I actually like this age a lot better than I ever thought I would. I would say one of the biggest helps that I had was being flexible with how you view yourself as a teacher, what what grade or what age in particular. 
That's really interesting that, like you said, you get moved around as a teacher. So going in, it's like you know what a teacher looks like, but you can't really fully prepare for what grade, I feel like. After, I assume, you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And, I hope I did. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, I was given a diploma, so... yeah. Me too, I think. <laughs> um, did you go straight into college? Did you think that was necessary? Or what did you do right after you graduated high school since you knew that you wanted to be a teacher? I actually ended up taking a gap year in between high school and college. Just some personal reasons, but big one was financial. College is pretty expensive. So expensive. During that gap year, working a handful of different jobs to earn money for college. And I learned a lot. Even just self-discipline. I just felt that by the time I got to college, I was valuing it a lot more than I would have if I just jumped right back into to school after graduating high school. Mm-hmm. So I look back at that gap year and realize it really helped me to just stay focused. And then I was so grateful I was able to go to college for four consecutive years. So which, your hard work really um, paid off. Yes, yes, and God's faithfulness for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, here I thought I knew the calling that I was going into, and yet a gap year was still really helpful to me. So mm-hmm. I just think that that's kind of one thing that's under-talked about is taking a break between high school and college or even just giving yourself time to just refocus about what, what the next step is mm-hmm. is after high school. Yeah, that is so, so important. Mm-hmm. So with your gap year and your jobs, how many jobs or internships would you say you had before starting college? One of the reasons I felt called to teach is I just loved working with children. And so I babysat for a lot of families through school, through church, through the neighborhood. And so during my gap year, I was actually a nanny for a family. And that was one way of growing me because here you are one-on-one with a specific family and then even was able to do some tutoring with them. And so Mm. learning more about how to teach children, but in a smaller one-on-one environment was pretty growing and, and realizing how to how to help teach one child before I try to teach multiple children in a oh, classroom yeah. was really, really interesting. But I also had some odd jobs. I was a waitress for a little bit. Um, I was actually a janitor at a school, the school I graduated from, actually. Every evening after nannying, I would go and clean the school. And again, those jobs, although they don't look like they would help me be a teacher, they helped me be a human, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, just, sure. you know, manage your time and physical mm-hmm. labor or mm-hmm. um, working with people. And I think just all good life skills that made me really well-rounded. And then even when I jumped into college, I had different jobs. Of I was a teacher aide for my favorite professor. I also volunteered at a, a local school by my campus Um, And I actually worked for someone else in the um, administration of my college. And so was able to to plug in. Oh, I did a, I forgot this. I did a call, uh, worked at the call center of my college too. And reached out to potential, like prospective students or alumni. And so that was pretty interesting too. That's cool. Because, yeah, I was going to say the jobs that you had, like the janitor and the nanny, nobody would think they relate at all to being a teacher. But like you said, it's, they're learning like our soft skills and our hard skills. They're learning like time management and mm-hmm. even to work with, with kids. Because I think we always get stuck like when we're figuring out where to go to college or what we're going to do. We always get stuck into the mindset that we need to have a job related mm-hmm. to what we want to do with the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rest of our lives. Just getting the basics down and saving up too, which was mm-hmm. a big thing for your gap year. 
I think all of those are really important. Yeah, and I might end up talking about this more a little bit later on with your questions. Mm -hmm. But I think I think a balance is going to keep everyone eager in the in their work. And so if I was with kids all day, then I could see myself being really burnt out mm -hmm. and not wanting to be a teacher even mm -hmm. a couple years down the road. And so I think balance is key, especially when, I mean, in college, finding a job that doesn't have to do with kids might actually be a really good rest. And so I found myself actually really enjoying cleaning the school because I was just by myself and I didn't have a crying baby in my arms or <laughs> um, maybe an annoying sibling at home. Just what? kidding. <laughs> Who is that? Not me. But I think balance is a key word that I probably will talk about even more later in this podcast. Probably. I feel like you that's really important as a teacher especially. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going, you've had gap years working and then you went to college. What college did you end up going to? And you said four years. Is four years the appropriate time length to get a teacher degree? Yeah, so you just need you just need your normal undergrad certificate. And so you can go to any any typical college and get your undergrad education. I went to Grove City College, which is in Pennsylvania. Beautiful campus, beautiful school. There I studied English and classical education. I feel like being a teacher, I'm like, oh, you just go for a teacher degree. But so you knew that you wanted to go into classical education only? Yeah, so these terms might be a little confusing if people don't recognize them. But where I knew, where I felt called was specifically in a Christian school. And then a classical school is is kind of a specific branch off that. But one thing someone told me as I was going into college was study the things you love. And mm -hmm. so I got those degrees, but I, I basically majored in my favorite professors. <laughs> so I took the classes I need to for my degree, and I, I enjoyed those classes. But then when I had electives, I usually just looked at, okay, what did my prof favorite professors teach? And I just took those classes. I ended up taking a class on food and feasting. You did? And it was delightful because our final exam was, we had to write a paper, of course, but then we also all made a feast. We all uh, <laughs> made a specific recipe and then feasted together. So I would just say that was that was one thing where, okay, I knew... I knew what my goal was to um, teach right after college, but I also tried to model what it was or, or practice what it would be like to be a student because oh, right. um, the best teachers are good students. Oh, my goodness. Man, I wish I could have been there for that feast. Mm -hmm. You didn't tell me about that. Well, it what was did great. you make? I and actually bread. don't remember. I should remember. I think it was, I think it was a meat dish because it took all day to cook. Probably green bean casserole. <laughs> no, we had a specific <laughs> time period. I couldn't oh. just pick my favorite recipe. Oh my goodness. Yes. Something probably meat with barbecue sauce or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Revealing, revealing. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, back on track. So during college, you took some classes on top of English and classical ed. Did you do any internships or any jobs during college? That I know you mentioned TA, but do you do any other internships? That helped you towards the goal of a teacher? Yeah, so one of my, so there were a handful of activities I was able to do that I think ignited my love of teaching. Ooh. And so, like I said, I volunteered at the local school by my college. 
And that was great because I could just pop in and be a teacher helper. Could be one-on-one -on -one help with a student or um, just watch, watch a teacher teach and just try to help answer questions. I really enjoyed that because that gave me a kind of behind the scenes of what it was to be a, a teacher. At least I felt like a fly on the wall. Hmm. But then I also, there's a local homeschool co-op that I was able to help, at, out, help out at. And I actually was with the things like three and four-year-olds. And so I wasn't really school. It was more play, but it was fun to just be with with that specific age group while their older siblings were in the classes. But I think favorite parts of college was that every year I was able to intern at a different school um, during what my what my school called the J term. And so because our Christmas break was pretty long, we didn't come back until the end of January, I was able to, before my semester started up again, go and intern at a school for two weeks. And so I did that every year from freshman all the way to senior year. Oh, wow. And the first school that I went to was the local one by my college. And so for two weeks, I came in with a school family and was there all day and left with a school family. And, and by that second week, I was teaching lessons and um, doing a lot of hands-on work that a teacher does. And so each year, I went to a different school that, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I would love to teach here after I graduate but also trying to get a variety of, of schools. So one was in a small town in Pennsylvania. Another one was in college town, Princeton, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> and then one was down in Orlando, Florida. And so just trying to find a variety of schools because once you settle down in a job, mm. you don't get to do that unless, you know, unless you move there and you're committed to living there for yeah. um, a year or so. Mm -hmm. um, so that internship I found was just really helpful. And, that's one advice I'd give if anyone was thinking of being a teacher was get as much experience as you can. Not necessarily being in front of the classroom, but being in a classroom, watching teachers who you know are great teachers, watching students learn, seeing seeing those aha moments. One thing of even just going to the principal and saying, who's your best teacher or who are some of your great teachers and just seeing if you can sit in on their classes because teaching, you learn by doing, but then you also learn by watching. Yeah. Um, good people do their work well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I liked how you said before how you could see from a student's point of view when you actually went to college because like now that you are in front of the classroom and you are the one teaching and the educator, you, I mean, even though they're sixth graders and you were, what, in your 20s, like in college, a little different, but you can still get the, the feeling and knowing what it was like to be that student and then also how to be a better educator and like how you felt like you best learned so you can bring that into your classroom. Yeah, and I would say teachers have to be students. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Once the teacher stops learning, she or he should probably stop teaching because there's you're never going to run out of knowledge or understanding or virtues to learn. Like we'll never reach we'll never reach the end, you know, think about Socrates, who is uh, saying he is the wisest man in the world because he knows nothing. <laughs> like he realized the more he knew, the more he realized how little he knew because there were more things he he didn't understand. It's like knowing that you don't know, I guess. Yeah. And a good teacher, as, as they prepare a lesson, realize I have more questions than answers because there's just so much to learn from this. Wow. So, so you're telling me even teachers 
don't know everything. <laughs> Especially teachers don't know everything. <laughs> don't know all the answers. What? You're right. My whole childhood is a right. lie now. Well, and and the interesting thing is the teacher's job is to make the student not need them. And so by the end of oh, sixth wow. grade, my students should be able to say, okay, I've I've learned what I need to learn from a sixth grade teacher. I'm ready for a seventh grade teacher. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow as a teacher because you think like, oh, I can provide for these students forever. But the reality is I want to give them everything I know. And so that basically I'm out of a job. Basically, they have to move on to keep learning. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're like at the end of the year, you want them to say like, I don't need you anymore pretty much. <laughs> or I'm, I'm moving on. I'm yeah, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. That's, that, that's a really good way to put it. You put in like a deep perspective. During college, I guess I want to bring back that word balance. And I feel like college is a place to balance your time management. And I know a lot of people do like sports and athletics on top of that. Did you do any, I mean, did you have like a social life or any <laughs> like <laughs> athletics besides your <laughs> academics? <laughs> I do remember one time you visited me and Ooh. you were concerned that I didn't have a social life <laughs> because people I passed by, I didn't say hi to and... <laughs> You were like, wow, Alicia, do you even know anyone? Oh and gosh, I was so like, nice. okay, this this is looking a little, little sad, little <laughs> I sister. I remember that. I'm like, you just know your dorm mates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but yes, definitely college is a time where you do learn balance. I had the privilege of playing volleyball on the varsity team when I was there, as well as balancing classes and jobs that I had. And so it was really important for me to, A, be organized so that I, I knew what I, what I needed to get done each day, but have a balance so that I could do those tasks well. And so I will not lie and say that I was a well-balanced human being my entire <laughs> college career, because there were definitely times at the end of the semester where papers piled up and exams felt very uh, doom and gloom because I wasn't prepared for them. But it was... It was Definitely good lessons of how do you break down break down the work so that ultimately I was not crushed or even burnt out, especially with sports. If you get burnt out, like you, there's nothing more you can give then. So mm. that's cool that you did those. I remember you being like really passionate about volleyball, mm -hmm. and it was cool. I remember coming to most of your games, mm -hmm. weird road trip, biggest fan. And see you got yeah, we were the biggest fan, and we're like raise the roof, the roof. <laughs> And yeah. you just roll your eyes. <laughs> so, so actually that brings up a good point because balance was important, but I found sports was actually, it was something that helped me stay balanced. So it was one more thing to do, oh, but right. it was a break from reading and writing or learning. It was being physically active. And I think that's really important for any human being, but specifically for a teacher. It is easy at the end of the day to be exhausted mentally, but we haven't done anything physically active. And so mm, yeah, I think true. that's just a lesson that I've carried with me of the balance of mental health and physical health. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so I found that sports sports helped me keep a balance so that I was both mentally and physically working each day and and felt like it was forcing me to stay stay mm -hmm. in that balance. I think the the key word that we should take out of this whole episode is balance mm -hmm. i told you it's coming back <laughs> and i'm pretty sure back. i'm not done with it <laughs> i think we're gonna end with that word too all right so you went four years of college at grove city mm -hmm. and hopefully again you graduated i did receive a diploma so, <laughs> so as far okay. as i know okay good <laughs> so usually i feel like 
once you graduate college, you're like, what do I do next? So mm -hmm. did you, did someone reach out to you at school or did you immediately know where you mm -hmm. were going to go? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's always the nerve wracking question when a senior gets like starts their year at college because it's the question of, okay, what's the next step? I've kind of been secure in knowing college is my, is where I'm at right now. But then mm -hmm. when senior year hits, it's like, uh, what next? <laughs> and so going back to the internships I was able to do each January, the internship I did during my senior year was for a school down in Orlando, Florida. And when I was there, the school knew that I was a senior. And so they knew I would be looking for a job in a couple months. And I knew that too. <laughs> and so yeah, I was very, <laughs> I was very intentional with, you know, thinking, okay, what are my next steps? Where do I see myself? And so by the second week, I was able to be interviewed, to be observed in one of the lessons that I taught. And I wasn't offered the job then, but it, it came to me a month or two after where they had said, like they knew the positions that they would need to hire and because I had already gotten the hard work out of the way, so to speak, like the interview and and the observation, mm -hmm. I was able to start back my final semester having already that hard work that would have required me to be there in person. And they offered me the job. And wow. um, yeah, we must have really liked something about <laughs> you. <laughs> it, uh, let's just say that God opened another door and it just right. it felt too good to be true. I didn't even see coming until until I was right there and realized, oh, this is happening. Yeah. And so just through a lot of prayer and just thinking, okay, where is God leading? And it just became really clear that this was going to be, this was going to be my first step after college. So the rest is history, really, <laughs> after that was decided. <laughs> so you made the big commitment to move down to Orlando, Florida mm -hmm. after accepting that job. And let me tell you, it felt so good not saying if you don't know what you're going to do your senior year of college, you're not doing it right. I mean, everyone feels that pressure, but it felt so good halfway through my final semester to realize my next step was planned. Yeah. And I say that recognizing that not everyone has that piece. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends who, even going into the summer, they didn't really know what their next step looked like. And mm -hmm. that's probably more common, actually, because it's just a huge decision. And I mean, not every not every job is hiring in the spring. I will say, though, schools often are. When schools are looking at hiring teachers, they often are looking at hiring in the spring because then they can observe. Teachers can come to their school, observe while their school's in session, because once summertime hits, they're not open. Yeah, um, like at least the students there. aren't going in. If you are looking at going into a teaching job, spring, spring is, is really your big time of... Um, so you can be hired by the fall? Um, yeah, so you can be hired for the, the next school know. year. Mm -hmm. Now, there are schools that they have to make last-minute hires, and so it's not too late if you want to be a teacher <laughs> and it's the summer. But it makes it a little harder because now somehow you have to prove to them you're going to be a great teacher when they don't have students that you can teach. So it just makes it a little more challenging but I do know um, last-minute hires do happen, and that's just where you get to prove yourself that first week of school <laughs> in the fall when they start up again. Right, yeah, you definitely have to prove yourself for sure. Mm. But that was nice. You you could, like you said, it opened another door, and you just walked right through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that That's really exciting, and you made a big change in your life. But you had that goal, and you reached towards it. So now coming to our present mm. day, you are a sixth-grade teacher at the mm -hmm. school, that is your school that you started at mm -hmm. and that who knows if you'll end at it. <laughs> we'll know. We'll uh, see. 
But I guess first day of anyone's job, anyone's career is pretty nerve-wracking. But I would like to hear, do you have any, like, embarrassing first days or first week? Or do you remember, like, the nerves you had? I remember I was so nervous. Even as I tried to think about, okay, what would my first day script be? Or, (laughs) you know, the first thing I'd tell my students. I remember I couldn't even... I couldn't even write out what I wanted to say. It was kind of like, okay, I'm going to introduce myself, I guess, and then we'll start with the expectations of my classroom and of the year. But I could not, I could not be specific in my head because it felt so, I don't know. Yeah, surreal might be, (laughs) might be romanticizing a little too much. It felt nerve wracking. Let's just say that. Yeah. Did you write your Um, name like Oh yeah, your name big on the whiteboard. Yes, because who can who can pronounce that? Those four sixth graders. <laughs> and I remember at the end of my first week, I called my dad, our dad, I guess, yeah. and was like, "Dad, I can't believe people do this." <laughs> I like I felt like the curtain was pulled back from mm-hmm. my eyes, and I realized what teaching actually was. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean to say this to scare anyone, but it really it really surprised me how much work goes into teaching. Because you're on stage all day. Oh, true. And then your students leave and you sit down and you realize you have to do the same thing again tomorrow. Mm. And so then you have to prep or plan or figure out, okay, what did I decide is tomorrow? And then you're on stage all day, your students leave, you sit down exhausted and you Mm. have to do it again. And so it's like five days in a row of you feel like you're on stage not having enough time to learn the script of the play. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and my dad just laughed at me because i mean he teaching is his is his uh career that he's been doing for Mm -hmm. over 20 years now but it was very humbling because here i i knew it was my calling um i knew god was calling me to be a teacher but i think i was a little little naive of what does it even mean to to teach one child, 15 children, like I realized I kind of had this romantic view of you're in charge all day and that's great. <laughs> uh, which, not going to lie, which I do like that. like that. I know you do. <laughs> but but there are a lot of behind the scenes requirements that I guess I just, I didn't realize it really is you are pouring out yourself every day. You are giving your your knowledge, you are giving your patience, you are giving your love. Mm-hmm. Sure, I have my script for the expectations of of what we're going to learn or read, but I don't know how my students are going to be and mm. what kind of days they're going to have and what troubles are going to come up. And yeah. it requires the teacher to be full, right, of, of energy and of love so that it can be given each day. But... but you definitely must find, like, a love and a passion about teaching somehow because you've been doing it for what, three years now? Mm-hmm. This is my third year, and I would say you have to. And mm. you have to you have to love it. and love not what you do. Right. Not to say don't go into teaching if you don't know if you'll love it, but what I mean is it's not possible to to do something if if your heart's not in it. Mm. Or I guess it's not possible to do it for a long time, right? Yeah. I feel that way with teaching because, and I guess here comes balance, <laughs> I have to find ways <laughs> to fill myself up again before I can go in for another day of, of emptying myself again. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that, that I find I keep coming back to is God has given me a love for this and that kind of drives me on, I guess, mm. um, to keep going and even on the hard days to um, find the grace to to keep going even when it, it seems like things are not going well. <laughs> what would be a teacher's worst day like when you say like you have hard days like what's the worst that could possibly happen you don't have to get into like names and drama well this is where i'll name my students yeah no, no, no. like is it the the teach is it the not 
the teachers? Is it the parents, the students, <laughs> your classroom, yourself? I'll say one of my worst days has to do with one of my fears, and this is Ooh. because I teach in Florida. One of my students alligators <laughs> coming into your classroom. One of, close. That's <laughs> my fear. One of my students opened their binder, and a cockroach <gasps> jumped no. into oh. the backpack of their classmate. Oh. And it was a huge cockroach. And I hate cockroaches. Hate I hate them so very much. And so I'm in the middle of teaching a beautiful lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and all I could think of was zip that um, backpack up, throw it in the hall, and keep going. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so my poor student whose backpack it was, I just had to, like, tell them, okay, I'm going to kill it. I'll clean that backpack. Ew, you and... had to kill it? Um, yeah, I actually don't remember what I did because it was, oh, Burn it was so it. big. Start a Florida fire. has too big of bugs. They do. And so, I mean, that's kind of a joking bad day, but that's what I mean when I talk about flexibility. You know, <laughs> I'm not teaching robots, so I can't program them, mm. you know, turn your brain on, learn, okay, turn your brain off, rest, turn your brain on. There are just a lot of things that you, you can't plan for. One time too, I was in the middle of teaching a lesson and it was like a little break. And so I checked my phone and got an, uh, text of we're under um tornado warning so um just keep alert and we'll let you know if if we need to Great. you know do our our tornado plan whatever so i just quietly closed the blinds and you know <laughs> kept my students reading just because, stay calm right just stay collected. calm and collected don't want to um worry them if it if it doesn't if it's not necessary and so I mean, again, me being flexible of, well, this wasn't in my lesson plans, yeah. um, but I am responsible for these kids right now, and so we'll just, you know, do the next best thing. Oh, and it it turned out not being not being close to our school and um, not being, we weren't in real da danger. That's but bad. again, another example of being flexible, which just kind of makes me laugh of, they don't really teach you that in school. No. You know, cockroaches right. and tornadoes. <laughs> it just shows that this career will be different in every state too like definitely <laughs> like you... i don't want to know what what insects you're getting over <laughs> in the west coast Ooh. yeah like each state each school it has their own problems and their mm -hmm. own worries and yeah they definitely don't teach you every situation mm -hmm. in school so you have to like do what you think is best that's mm -hmm. funny since you're a teacher all day monday through friday and you say you do it again and again every <laughs> single week um again with balance and social life outside of school you need to do lesson planning and mm -hmm. tests prepare for upcoming weeks and months do you work outside of school hours what does that look like? And I think because I'm such a fresh teacher, I don't know if I have the best answer. <laughs> this is my third year of teaching the same grade, which is a blessing, but different subjects every year. It's kind of been, been a little bit different. So sixth grade is considered part of the grammar school still. So I teach my students multiple subjects. So every year it seems like I have oh, kind of a different load of, of subjects that I will be teaching, which is good because it, it, forces me to be a student. I'm constantly learning and growing, which is very helpful to force force me to do that because I should be doing that. Mm -hmm. So my, my answer three years in is yes, I, I do take work home most nights, whether that's grading, whether that's doing kind of the last minute prep for the next day's lesson or follow-up work that I need to do, emailing. I will say it kind of the work divides into grading, parent communication, and then planning for the future, future lessons. <laughs> Planning for the future. future. <laughs> you have no. like a dream board in your class. Oh, the future's like one week at a time, one day right, at a time. Right. And so that might be helpful to break down of okay, what does what does a typical prep look like? There is balance in that of what are the tasks outside of school. I think one thing that maybe surprised me the most was 
that most Saturdays I'm I have to do some work and Again, I don't know if that's typical for a teacher, um, <laughs> even a teacher who's been teaching longer than me, but I do oh. find Saturdays, like as I finalize lesson plans or create new lesson plans, it's like Saturday's kind of like one more built-in work day. And it's not all day Saturday. Again, balance is important. Again. And I will say that was a really big struggle, especially my first year of I have to find balance because you just get burnt out and you're not a good teacher if you're burnt out. Mm. Because you're on stage all day with your students, you have to have time where you are preparing <laughs> when when you're not teaching. And so it depends on what your teaching load looks like. Hmm. If you have time during the school hours or if you need to take a little bit, a couple hours after school hours, but it does, at least for me, third year, it does require some outside of school hours to, to catch up on those three aspects I just said. Yeah, honestly, I never see you doing schoolwork <laughs> at home. Like, if you pull it out, it's like five minutes, you're like, check, 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 and you're like, okay, I'm done, let's go do something. Because you're like, oh, I'll just do that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a, that's another good thing of find when you work best. Like, are you a morning oh, worker? Are you yeah. evening worker? My first year, I found I was so fried by the end of the school day, I just had to leave school and then bring home work. But this year, I find, no, I'm going to finish this last task at school. So by the time I come home, I get to be with you. I get to cook dinner. Aww. I get to go on a run or go on a bike ride, which again, balance is very, very important. And I don't think I had that very well my first year. Yeah. So that is kind of encouraging for you to say that you don't see me work a lot at home because it has been something I've been trying to grow in is to to put work away, which I'm sure there are other jobs out there that that is a challenge as well. But teaching, I would say going in, that might be a really helpful part to know about teaching is you have to be very intentional with balance and boundaries. Um, emails could never oh. stop if you don't set boundaries. I silence my Gmail app on my phone. So after I think it's five or five thirty. I don't get a notification that I have an email. Oh, because that's um, when your day ends right, at 5.30. Right. And my school actually suggested that of, like, oh, this nice. This is your work hour. Your work hour is not 8 p.m. And so that was one mm. way of forcing me to do that where now I didn't know what I was missing. Yeah. And so I would come in the morning and say, oh, look, I got an email at 8 p.m., but it didn't ruin my evening because... I didn't get a notification. That is so nice. So you can't yes. just be bothered by parents and students. It's like, yes, we'll figure it out in the morning. Mm -hmm. You need because right. that's so important. Like you said that in college when you did sports, you're like, you need to take care of your mind and your body, like physically, mm -hmm. mentally, mm -hmm. spiritually. And it's nice that you took that from college into your job. Now yeah. you see the importance of taking yourself because I think you would be a mental wreck. If you didn't, if definitely. you just took care of other people's lives, definitely. if you invested 100% in other people's lives, there's definitely bigger importance in taking care of yourself as well. And I don't think that's talked enough about of a teacher's mental and physical mm. well-being. Really? And I don't mean this in a selfish way of we need a teacher pamper day. That's not what I mean. What I mean is you should. A, a teacher needs to be able to stop working. And when they're not working, they need to be doing healthy things for for them that would look like eating well that would look like actually doing physical activity that would mm. look like learning something that they enjoy whether that's reading puzzles board games like whatever but but you need to have you need to have passions one thing i would say is if you're not passionate about things then teaching is gonna be really hard because your students watch you more than listen to you oh wow. and so if i say this book is really important and then they see me on my phone when i'm not teaching them then they they see you don't really mean it. Mm -hmm. If I assign something for my students, say they need to read a book or they need to write something down, and then I go and I do that same act, right? 
I'm, I open a book and I'm reading or I'm writing down a quote that stuck out to me, then they see, oh, this assignment is actually worth doing because my teacher does that and she's not getting a grade from mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mental health and physical health, I just don't think it's talked enough about, but I also think it, it actually makes your teaching more successful if you have it because your students are always watching you. Like there was one time mm -hmm. I was on a run and one of my students and her mom walked past me and I was able to stop and chat with her and say hi. And then I kept on running and it was just realizing like, like there was a lesson right there. Yeah. My student saw me living and that's... And running and wearing something hopefully appropriate. So um, yes, like... definitely. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm seeing right. my teacher's <laughs> legs. But it, but it warmed my heart because here I saw my student enjoying quality time with her mom wow. and doing something for fun. It's just realizing there's lessons in everything, everything you do, and you're always being watched. It's like impacting mm -hmm. young minds, like silently, silently, like yes. in silence. Like definitely, even by your actions. Definitely, just like minds crazy. and souls. Yes, <laughs> shaping crazy. them. Going back to how you always wanted to be a teacher, mm -hmm. and what attracted you to it, I want to get more nitty gritty into the why mm -hmm. of teaching. Now that you're here, you have gone four years into college, you've gone through the internships, you have made decisions, and you have reached a dream of yours ever since a little girl. <laughs> Why do you continue to teach? I feel called to do it. I get a lot of fulfillment from impacting my students each day, from going in and having the same kids that I get to teach, that I get to interact with, that I get to just get to know them better every day from their middle names to their favorite colors to <laughs> time periods in history that they like to study. There's, there's just something really satisfying about getting to know a child and being part of the journey of teaching them more about the world. <laughs> you hear about those aha moments. Like those moments are so precious to me where you hear a student say, oh, I get it now. You hear the little like, yes, I love this class. You know, Aww. something about igniting a love of learning really fills me. Definitely those little glimpses really do remind me why I love it. And even the hard days of maybe a hard discipline or maybe just really some ugliness that comes out in a child and being the adult that's able to guide their heart and mm. teach them how to ask forgiveness, teach them how to accept an apology, mm. teach Big them one. how to, even when they do a wrong, to show them I completely forgive them and then to treat them like I have forgiven them. And so mm. then they can come in the next day and realize their teacher still loves them. A lot of things uh, mix into that yeah. that aren't really measurable, but they, they are little glimpses that remind me why I love teaching. Wow. No, those are all really good reasons. I heard someone say one time to not be a teacher, be an educator. Mm. And even though you can't educate a kid to ride their bike, you can educate them on how to think and how to work through problems. And even though we do teach at the same time important to educate not so that they remember every single thing in school because I obviously did not but just to educate and just how to function in life and how to be a human mm -hmm. and like you said with even the asking for forgiveness and the apology is that's something again you won't be taught in college and you won't ever be prepared for but when it does arise and it is a problem that a teacher can educate and walk the student through on how like when this happens this is what you need to do you're impacting their lives going on to the end of this podcast 
this enjoyable podcast with my sister (laughs) who would you recommend this career to personality wise what type of person would just excel in this job that's a good question and the answer is i don't know (laughs) um and the funny thing is is okay let's look at big differences of people extrovert introvert i teach with a lot of introverted people And they love teaching because when they're in their classroom with their students, it feels very safe. It feels like their own little home. It's because they made it that way. And they don't like talking in front of people because their students are not Mm. just random people. Mm -hmm. However, me, I'm more on the extroverted side. I, I feel like I'm on the stage, like I said, and I'm with my students. And I also don't mind talking in front of people. So... Perhaps if you're concerned, maybe I don't like public speaking. I I think teaching doesn't feel like public speaking because you have the same audience for a whole year. And even if you liked school or didn't like school, that's another difference that I work with a handful of teachers who they really struggled in school and that's what got them back to be a teacher. Oh, really? Because they wanted to help those struggling students. Oh, yeah. One in particular really struggled with spelling and she is now one of the top teachers in teaching kids how to spell because she knows. She knows oh, wow. why those kids keep misspelling the words. And she's been leading the other t- in leading and teaching the other teachers how to how to help make progress so that those kids are are improving each year. The one thing I think is probably the most important part of being a teacher is something I touched on already. Balance. (laughs) (laughs) Balance. Yep. That's the practical. Um, But the big thing is, is to, to love life. If you don't love life, but you, you're telling your kids every day, these things are worth learning. The kids are going to hear they're not actually worth learning Mm. because you don't love them. If you don't love what you're teaching or if you don't love life, your kids see that and they say, well, I guess life is not worth loving. Mm. And they will go and they will love the things they shouldn't be loving. And I read an article recently where it said to live what they're teaching. So if you tell your students you love math, then you should be doing math things outside of school. (laughs) Because if you really do love it, then that's going to be, that's going to be something that you find rest doing. I tell my kids I love tea parties. I tell my kids I love reading. I tell my kids I love swimming. And so... I try to do those things. To Why? Be a swim coach, because huh? I love them. <laughs> well, I I love volleyball and I I coached volleyball um, at that same school. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yes, and and so my kids got to see me in the classroom and outside of the classroom mm-hmm. in the gym, doing what I said I loved and actually loving what I said I was loving. There you go. But it's just it's like when when we get to read a book in class and I say this is my favorite part. I read it with wide eyes because it really is my favorite part. Mm. My kids see that they see oh. I think it's my favorite part now too. Oh. There are times where I might tear up as I'm reading aloud a book and that's a that those are genuine tears because that's a touching part in the book. What and, was that book that you said <laughs> that you looked up and everyone was sobbing? Yes, half of my students were crying. We were reading The Hiding Place and if you haven't read it, highly recommend. But I there are parts that I I do I cry at and and I a lot of my students are are soft-hearted students and and they were crying too and it I was just it was just a they, really... they understand the story. Right. It was a really raw time cuz I I mean we were living. We were living yeah. in sadness right then and there. We are not again we're not machines. And right. that is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful that mm. I have bad days and they have bad days because we are not programmed machines. Mm. That would probably be my biggest encouragement of if you think you're going into teaching, you need to have loves and, and you need to have not, not saying you need to be, you need to know everything about math if you're going to teach math, 
but you should be doing things that are giving you life that that could hmm. be described as a hobby or it could be something that you just you just enjoy like passion enjoy or doing interests. right you should have interests and you should bring those into your classroom anytime you can yeah cuz you said you enjoy tea parties and you've had that in your so, classroom before right yes we have tea every time we present a paper and we have tea oh. every time they present a memory work oh my goodness and they are growing to love tea because i have tea every single day <laughs> and they know that so i get tea for all my teacher gifts there you go it could be something <laughs> and small. they get to enjoy it with me yes something small like tea yes and you just i let them bring in their own mugs at the beginning of the year and so they use their own special mugs and wow tea. how sweet yes that's so cute. so have loves have loves and the kids remember that yeah the they kids, will remember that if they don't remember anything else you taught them in the whole year they will remember oh miss miss tea is worth having tea <laughs> loves tea it's true you sound like you are like a boss as a teacher would you say that <laughs> and at home <laughs> and everywhere else uh i'm i'm a bossy boss <laughs> <laughs> that's good i guess Yes, live like a boss. Enjoy life. <laughs> Enjoy life. Have loves, mm -hmm. passions, and mm -hmm. balance. And balance. And that's and how you live balance. like a boss as a teacher. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on my very first episode of my podcast. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Bye.